Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about our friends at Jerry Siner. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Siner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. At Jerry Siner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, Mannix needs a, a, a couple of minutes. He'll join us in, in a few. We'll get to your daily assist. But that does leave us a few minutes to at least uh, examine some station comma business. Um what did Hatch do now? Oh, okay. Jake Hatch produces in the in the morning for DJ and PK six to ten. Also co-host of Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes and uh, all the other millions of things Hatch does. But he's some soccer podcast. Yeah, if there's a podcast Hatch knows about it or is part of it, he's doing it. Yes, he uh, he sent a tweet out last week about BYU basketball player Colby Lee and his decision to transfer. And Jake Hatch said if he did not uh, end up at Utah State, he would, quote, eat his hat, close quote. You know, something you've heard said before. Well, uh, the problem is everybody globbed onto that tweet and that uh, promise. And Colby Lee has uh, decided he's not going to Utah State, Jake. He's going to play at Dixie State. Hmm. And so Jake Hatch might need to go buy some hot sauce. And because he's going to be eating his hat pretty soon, he's here. going to eat his hat. We have to hold him to this, do we not? Can you eat a hat? Oh, I've seen people do it. No. Yeah. Who? Uh, 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 Petros. Petros had to eat his hat. Really? Yeah. Because he made a bet. If what, this and this, I'll eat my hat, and he ate his hat. What about the like the the metal button thing at the top? You have to like marinate it and cook it and and make it into some kind. Of, you can put that in a blend tech. And liquefy it over an hour and drink it. What about the the bill? Again, anything can be melted down. It's not going to taste good, and it's not going to be good for you. But but we're holding Hatch to this. He he needs to ingest his hat. I think so. Could it be any type of hat? You can't. Sure. You your choice of hat. Could it be I like one of those uh, those nacho hats. You know what I'm talking about. That Homer Simpson hat. <laughs> With the dip on the side or whatever? The, the, the hat is like a giant tortilla chip, and it has the... That's not a real hat. And he said, my hat. So it has to be an already owned hat at the Hatch household. You can't just say things on Twitter and expect to not be called on it. Now, let me ask you this. Would you launder the hat first? I don't think it's going to matter, really. No? You're eating a hat. But, I mean, like, I've got some pretty sweaty, gross hats. Well, look, I'm not. I'm not requiring that he... Take hat the hat onto a plate and eat it as is. It's got to be di- it's got to be edible somewhat. You can't 
It would take you a month to eat through a hat bill. But but still, I mean, you know, ground up or not, do I want like years of accumulated uh, head sweat? I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, that's, that's gross on top it's of your the head fact sweat. that you're eating. Does that matter? It's your sweat. Still. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what they do for water in the, the International Space Station, don't you? Yeah, uh-huh, I do. And that's they, not always yours either. Recycle fluids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- this is better than that. Is it's it? just a hat. It it's is. It's not your fellow astronaut's refuse. But I feel like if you have to do something to survive, <laughs> that makes it a little bit more palatable, right? Yeah, like you don't have a choice. It's either this or I'm dying of thirst and, in outer space. And yeah. what I'm advocating for here is that Hatch does not have a choice to just willy-nilly Say things on Twitter and expect no no one to call him on it. So I expect Jacob C. Hatch to be eating his hat at some point here. I wonder if he pulls a Kevin Graham and doesn't do it. You, well, I don't you know, know that the, story. The, the, the story. Do you remember when uh, BYU beat Oklahoma down in Jerry World? Yes. Uh, with Max Hall, right? No, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max Hall. And Colby Clawson smashed Sam Bradford. Well, when that game was scheduled, or... I can't remember if that's the reason he said this or it was something, but he said that BYU was not going to be beat Oklahoma and then added, I'll bet my life on it. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> that so, I'm going to be requiring. You can imagine the reaction. Would you have like a guillotine at the ready? You can imagine the reaction back when, when BYU actually won that game and the BYU fans uh, wanting to hold Kevin to that. Statement, yeah, that's that's above eating a hat. It is a little more aggressive than eating a hat, but also a little bit, uh, you know, more uh, understandable to Welch on that bet uh, than say Gordon taking us out to dinner for that uh, BYU Wisconsin game that happened a decade ago, years ago. All right, let's let's talk some basketball. Let's get on to some productive stuff. It's time for your daily assist, Austin. Hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, man? So uh, this is not NBA related, but uh, what Austin and I were just talking about, uh, we have a coworker that said he would eat his hat if a player didn't transfer to Utah State and that player did not transfer to Utah State. Would you hold a coworker accountable for, for that bet? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was a story, it must have been like 10 years ago now, about the, the beat writer in Chicago who uh, wrote in a column – or columnist Chicago, I guess, that wrote, like, if Joe Kim Noah pans out or becomes like an all I don't know what it was, he'll eat the column. And he actually did it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, you know, if you say something and you're willing to stake your name and reputation on it, you've got to uh, uh, not welch on it. 
Bad news for you, Jay Catch, if you're listening out there. We all agree. Let's see, you're going to have to slap some barbecue sauce on that hat, and uh, down it goes. Um, Chris, want to ask you, uh, of course, or, or go into the Jazz and, and talk NBA with you. Um, Jazz lose a tough one to Minnesota on Saturday. They have the T-Wolves uh, again tonight. And Minnesota played really well on Saturday, Chris. And I guess I'll ask you, how is their record as bad as it is? I mean, they're kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 like, you know, a few games notwithstanding, they have been, I think, still the worst team in the NBA, if not one of the bottom two. Um, their defense isn't great. They they have had some injury issues that have, you know, been problematic for them along the way, but they're they're still leaky in several areas. The guys you have to worry about, of course, are Towns and Anthony Edwards. And, but beyond that, if you slow them down, you can – generally slow the Timberwolves down. So I I, you know, I saw the Timberwolves a couple of times when they made a trip east uh, recently, and, um, and I, you, you like a couple of pieces on that roster, but it's not like I am overwhelmed by the talent there. So uh, <laughs> I think if the Jazz lose twice to Minnesota, that uh, that's not a good sign for the team going to the playoffs. I couldn't agree more, but they played this pressure defense against the Jazz on Saturday, which they played against him in the second game of the season, and the Jazz equally had problems with that. Anthony Edwards looked awesome. Carl Anthony Towns had a great game. D'Angelo Russell, who apparently is only good when playing the Utah Jazz, had 23 points coming off the bench. It was just one of those things. The Jazz didn't play well either, but I I came away with the impression, like, how is Minnesota the second worst team in the league? They well, Maybe so they just caught it that night. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you you get teams that you know try to rest guys against them, and and don't and you just naturally look at their record and say, oh, we're gonna this is an easy one, it's a W on the schedule. And sometimes teams can can catch you. So, you know, if, if tonight the Jazz get beat again uh, at home by Minnesota, that you might see them out running laps, you know, at the practice facility uh, Tuesday morning because that that won't be uh, won't be a good sign. Give me your overall take on Anthony Edwards as long as we're bringing him up uh, as the number one pick. What do you think the ceiling is like for that guy? You know, really talented offensive player. Um, still not seeing yet the diversity in his game, but that's fine. I mean, for a rookie, um, you you don't have too many expectations for, for his depth in game. What's going to be most interesting to me, and look, we've talked about this before, that the award ballot this year is just wild. I mean, it's you know, from coach of the year to yeah, I think MVP is pretty solidified for Nikola Jokic at this point. But rookie of the year is one of the more interesting uh, ballots because you know, up until when LaMelo Ball went out of the lineup, he was a lock to to win that award. Now, he may come back and probably will come back in the next week to 10 days. But, you know, Anthony Edwards has been on a tear as of the last, you know, four to six weeks. Like he has been been filling up. I don't know his exact numbers, but he has been playing out of his mind offensively. Uh, over the last month, and I wonder if he's done enough to close the gap, given the number of games he's played, and surpass Lamelo Ball. Now, I'm not sure he has on my ballot, but the way Anthony Edwards has played offensively, he's he's really become, uh, I think, a big factor in that race. The Jazz take on the Suns on Friday, uh, Chris, and the Suns did the Jazz a favor by losing to uh, to Brooklyn yesterday, which made that loss to Minnesota not quite as painful. But the Jazz now currently uh, still up two games on the Phoenix Suns. How important is that game on Friday going to be in your mind uh, when it comes to determining the best team in the West? No, oh, I, I think it's it's huge. Um, you know, I, I, again, like you. 
he may not be the difference maker in in the standings, but um, you know, just those types of head-to-head matchups. I mean, they're real barometers, and and they can have an impact on a team as they go into the playoffs. Like if we're matched up with our conference rival and and we play great, I mean, their confidence is going to be overwhelming. If they're matched up with a conference rival and they get smoked, well, it goes the other direction. So I, I don't know that necessarily it's it, it is of course impactful in the standings. You add another game one way or the other. But I, I just think from a confidence, a morale, uh, whatever you want to fr- phrase it, from that standpoint, it, it's just far more impactful. I, I just think you're gonna you'll give yourself a real shot in the arm going to the playoffs if you handle uh, your the, you know the next team behind you in the standings in a positive way. I mean, I, I think that's more important than than what that game will matter towards. Mike Conley has played extraordinarily well, Chris. He's averaged almost 10 assists a game over the last five games and, uh, you know, just looks like he's really coming into his own. What is it, I guess, can it actually be a good thing if you get a team and players playing really well without their star, say Donovan Mitchell, get them kind of their their games going and then add that star back in? I guess I'm never saying an injury is good, don't get me wrong, but can they kind of play it to their advantage that way by getting other guys going? Yeah, it can be. I think the flip side of that coin is you want to have as many minutes as possible with your rotation set because that is among the most important things for any team uh, going to the playoffs. But this team has been reasonably healthy up until the Mitchell injury. So I don't, and they've got the experience of basically being the same team as last year. So I don't think that's any type of issue. And yeah, I think given opportunity to succeed, and if guys step into it and thrive the way uh, way Mike Conley has, um, you know it's only going to help them individually going into the playoffs. I mean, you certainly want to get you know Mitchell back for the last five to ten games and kind of reestablish him with that group. But there's no question there's an upside to you know guys being forced to play bigger roles and guys succeeding in bigger roles, whether it's Conley, Joe Ingles, uh, anybody, Rudy, go, uh, and, and Favors. Like you've, you, you give guys opportunity to to score and to do things and it's only going to make them better in the playoffs. And Mike Conley just won an Oscar. How about that? I mean, that's, hey, you know, Mike Conley, Kevin Durant, and Kobe Bryant. How about that? That's pretty uh, cool. These NBA players are expanding their portfolios by the year. What have the Clippers figured out, Chris, 9-1 over the last 10? Well, I think Rondo has helped. Um, I don't have all the numbers in front of me on what he's done, but I think he's been uh, a boost for that team. Um They've gotten some guys back from injury. Paul George has been excellent really throughout the season. Uh, I just, you know, I can't get I, – I watch the Clippers, and look, they've been excellent. They've been great. I mean, I, they're fun to watch, all those things. But until they get into a playoff scenario where they're down 2-1, I just don't care. Like, I, I just – I've seen this version of the Clippers before. I've seen them win a whole lot of regular season games when it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and they didn't make the conference finals. I've seen them with this group you know, get to the, the postseason with a glossy record and then get beat again in the second round. I, I just need to see this Clipper team do it in the playoffs. And what I've said about them all along still stands, though Rondo may have changed that a little bit, that I need to know where the leadership comes from with that group. I need to know who is in that locker room when adversity hits, standing up and saying the right things and on the floor doing the right things. That That's just consistently been an issue for this Clippers team. Now, you can make the case they're a stronger team than what they were last year, and with a healthy Serge Ibaka, I think they are. But until I see them you know, do it when they're down 2-1 in a series, I'm still going to be skeptical of the Clippers. 
The Knicks have caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, Chris, they've won nine in a row, nine and one, obviously, in their last ten. Julius Randle is playing on on just the next level. I guess, how real is this for the Knicks? I mean, look, we're we're three quarters of the way through the season. They're real. I mean, they've been doing it from the very beginning, and you, you can't dismiss them out of hand at this point. I mean, I, I think when you play the kind of defense the Knicks play, and I think they're still top five in the NBA. Uh, you're going to beat a lot of teams just on that end alone. And, you know, Randall, his three-point shooting has been remarkable. To me, he's the most improved player by a mile. Uh, R.J. Barrett, even though he gets a lot of grief basically for not being Zion or John Morant, uh, he has been really good with that team. And they've been able to patch some things together with that backcourt, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Derek Rose, they've been solid. Uh, so they've been able to, to find enough offense to carry them uh, when their defense is playing at a at a high level, and I, I mean they're they're they've been great. They really have. I mean, I think Tibbs is going to be it's going to be an interesting uh, choice for Coach of the Year. Whether you like Tom Thibodeau, Monty Williams, uh, Quinn Snyder, I mean, those are the three front runners for that award. But every game the Knicks win, and every spot they move up in the Eastern Conference standings, uh, that to me feels like another block of voters that are going to to lean towards. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. So that's a long way of saying I think they are real. I don't know what real necessarily means in the playoffs. Can they beat a Boston or a Miami or somebody else in the first round? Maybe. Uh, probably not anybody in the second round. They've got a really bad record against Philadelphia and against Brooklyn on head-to-head matchups this year. But I do think that you know they're very least trending in the right direction, which is something you you haven't been able to say about a New York franchise in a long time. How much of the uh, outcome of the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to depend on the hamstring of James Harden? Uh, you know, probably a significant amount. I mean, I, I don't – as great as Kevin Durant is and Kyrie is, I'm not sure with that defense that they can beat um, Philadelphia or Milwaukee or uh, any – maybe another top-tier team. I don't know if Boston's got it going enough to, to be considered in that group yet. Um, I, I think you need all three of those guys. Now, even with all three – it doesn't really guarantee anything. I mean, they you just so rarely see a team that with its core players having so few minutes played together. They've only played seven games together. and You know, the minutes have been fairly limited where all three have been on the floor. Uh, you just rarely see a team with that little time together uh, succeed in, in the postseason. And the Nets would be, you know, kind of a first for something like that. So, I think you need all three to come back. But even if you do have it, when you get to those tougher rounds, the conference finals or the NBA finals, they may run into problems because their lack of chemistry playing together. Doesn't feel like there's much buzz around the Bucks this year. Am I just not paying attention or are they lacking something? Well, I mean, Giannis has been injured for a little bit of this. Um, you know, when they've been fully healthy, they haven't been as as splashy but I think they've been a little bit better than last year. I mean, look at Drew Holiday. He's had such a huge impact on this team when he's been out there. He had the COVID issue back in February, March, that kept him out of a chunk of games. But when he's been out there on the floor, he's been great for that team. And I had this conversation with John Horst, the GM of the Bucks, recently. And one thing he said to me was that, look, our record may not say we're a better team than what we've been in years past, but we are a better team than what we've been in years past. And – I, uh, I, I believe that. I mean, I think Drew Holiday is a better playoff performer than Eric Bledsoe. I think that Giannis, another year under his belt, is going to be better. Uh, I think this Bucks team is very dangerous, maybe more dangerous in the postseason this year than what they've been in years past. 
Austin and I both, uh, when we were talking about the NBA last week, picked Miami as a dark horse contender in the East. Are we crazy? No, not crazy because they've been there before. And, you know, Jimmy Butler's proven he can take over games. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson has been something of a disappointment, but, you know, shooters like that can regain their touch at any point in time. Same thing with Tyler Hero. Um, did Miami get a little too uh, – did, did, were they a little too overinflated after last year's run? Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that Miami, you've got to find another score with that group. Jimmy Butler's going to get you buckets – uh, but is it going to be Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero or is Bam Adebayo going to play a bigger offensive role? I just I, I worry about their scoring with that team. I think they can defend with anybody, but who is going to be that extra score with that group? Uh, that's going to matter when you play Milwaukee or Brooklyn or our Philadelphia, and I'm not sure who that guy's going to be yet. Chris, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next week. You got it. Here's our friend Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, and yes, would make Jake Hatch eat his hat. That's a you know that's a pretty prominent sports media figure right there, uh, talking about holding Jake Hatch to his feet to the fire. That he said he would eat his hat if Kobe Lee didn't go to Utah State. Are you really gonna you, uh, welch in front of uh, the senior NBA writer from Sports Illustrated? That's the, the legend, word he used. Chris yeah. Mannix. Yeah, that's the word he used. You don't welch. Now it's completely different than eating a column, which yeah, is just, just a paper. Have yeah. some extra fiber for the day, but. right? That's not a big deal. But our friends at Blend Tech, have you ever seen their videos? Will it blend? I Where guess, they I'm take like cell phones and staplers, and they if you leave it in their blender long enough, it'll blend to a liquid, and then you can just drink it. And that technically counts, right? If he blends his hat up into a liquid. Now, does it, like uh, everything I try to use in the blender, does it get, like, annoyingly stuck to the walls and then, you know, the the thing just spins in the middle? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, but the problem I have with our blend tech is we, we live up by uh, the, the Jets on Hill Air Force Base. Uh-huh. The Jets complain about how loud the blend tech is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, got it's a, very loud. It's got a motor in there that means business? I mean, if you're trying to liquefy nuts and bolts... It's going to be a loud. Does it have thing, like but... exhaust? Do you have to? <laughs> do you have to uh, pull the cord to start it? Just make it a smoothie. No. You got to blend the oil with it. Yeah. We have the the Ninja Blender, which I really thought that I would use a lot. I don't know why I lied to myself and thought that I would like. Oh yeah, I'll make smoothies all the time. I think I've made one. It's a similar product, the Ninja Blender. Is it? Yeah, they're not cheap either. No, no, that's what, uh, now my wife uses it all the time, so it's it's certainly worth it. But what I remember when we got it, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, this is going to change my life. Are you kidding? All those times I make guacamole, it's going to be faster. <laughs> Literally, have never made guacamole one yeah. time. You just buy it on the shelf. I make guacamole quite a bit. Do you do it in the blender? No, I don't. You should try it in the in the Ninja. Make your yeah, life quite easier. Well. I've never even thought about that, to be honest. It's like on the box of the Ninja. Is it really? There's a guacamole recipe. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Are you serious? It's definitely in their commercial. Yeah, here I've been smashing it with a fork all these years, (laughs) and I could have been throwing it into the blender. If only I had a blender. Although, how much of an effort is it really to smash it with a fork? It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm rewiring the house or something. I mean, it's... Anywho. Hatch, you will eat your hat. I don't think you should be allowed to blend it.
oh, I, I we got to give him some way to get it done. It could get dangerous if you're eating a whole. You made a good point about the little button on top. Yeah, what, yeah. what goes in's got to come out, Jake. Well, you know, not sure your digestive juices can break down metal. I don't think you can, but you can pass that. It's not that big. <laughs> I guess if kids, yeah, okay. If it were a little bigger or like jagged or something, I would think it would be a little bit difficult. I want to see this happen. He could marinate it for three weeks. And make it, it soft? To, to break down, yeah. What would you marinate it in? Something that masks the taste of a hat. Don't they say that like if you... Whiskey. L- let something sit in Coca-Cola or something like that, if you let... Like Coke dissolves stuff. Like maybe you do that. Maybe you sit it in Coca-Cola for a couple of weeks. I did the Coca-Cola experiment with the nail where you drop a nail in the can and see how long it takes to dissolve it didn't take very long. Really? It took, a, I think, a month and a half. That's not long at all. And it was pretty much gone. Wow, that tells you all you need to know there. It was just one of those penny nails. It wasn't like a big Still, it nail, d- dissolved the nail. <laughs> That's that is solid metal. Are you kidding? Uh, uh, there are uh, houses that are hundreds of years old that are still using the original nails. Drop it in a, in a can of Coca-Cola and it's gone in a month? And you know what that did to my Coca-Cola consumption? Didn't change it. Didn't alter it a bit, did it? In fact, it? I think I was like, well, it's helping me digest things. You pass it long before it's dissolving your insides. All those uh, bad donuts I eat, they're being dissolved faster. It's actually helping. Really? A month? It was it was close to two months. Still? Like, like seven or eight weeks. That's incredible. A nail? Like one of those little tiny penny nails. But a, a metal yes, nail. Yes. You know, they carry the highway patrol carries that sort of thing in their trunk to clean up blood off the freeway. Coca-Cola? Yes. Is it is a good blood cleaner? <laughs> it could also clean your toilet really well. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> oh, Like man. the incident management truck you see? I guarantee they've got soda in there. Wow. Soda and bleach. What a terrible job, by the way. Cleaning up blood. Sounds awful. Every time the phone rings. You're not going to have a good day at work. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm incredibly grateful for the fine folks that do this said work because it obviously needs to be done. But, yeah, I don't think I'm I'm going into work with a bounce in my step. Yeah, you don't ask them when they come home, hey, how was work today? Yeah, it's, it sucks. Thank you. <laughs> It's just a, it's a degree of suck every day. <laughs> right. Either either multiple bodies or one body, but it's there's bodies. I guess I'm glad I like my job, and and don't have to. You I don't and know, I would I, never make it. I, I read I read a kind of a funny article once about the worst jobs, and I don't even know if this is a job or not. But number one on there was cat food quality control taster. That can't be real. <laughs> Like they're tasting bowls like of cat of food. Cat food. And can you imagine if you got like a bad one, like something that didn't pass the quality that's, control? That's that's only confirmed murderers. That's their sentence. Is they have to taste friskies. How could you come home hungry? <laughs> and can you imagine? You know, sometimes you're just not hungry, but your job is to consume cat food. It'd oh, be- gross! Eat the hat hatch. It's better than that. I'm sorry, sir. I don't mean to be rude here, but your your breath is a bit offensive. Oh, yeah, it's all right. I eat cat food all day. <laughs> I can't help it. See, this badge fancy feast number one employee. And, and the other thing is, is like, that can't be a high-paying job, right? 
So not only are you eating cat food for a living, but you're probably getting paid minimum wage for the trouble. This can't be real. I, maybe it's not, but I always thought, like, if that actually exists, that's got to be up there for the worst jobs what, ever. What are you going to say? What do you mean quality for cat food? It all tastes like cat food. Well, what you're if not you, gonna. It's for a cat. But what if you got a spoiled bunch or, like, I don't know, some bone remained Lie. in there? Lie! It's for cats. Mmm, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, we got a bad batch here. Oh. It's so terrible. Oh, man. The provolone favor was a bad idea. <laughs> Do you take a lunch break? I can't talk. This is the most I can talk about cat tasting or cat food tasting. <laughs> oh, I brought a peanut oh. butter sandwich, but somehow oh. everything I eat tastes like tuna fish. <laughs> Everywhere you go. <laughs> Do you want to order something? No, thank you. I'm not. We're going to pass. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Thanks to Mannix. Why do you always smell like the sea? <laughs> I work down at the Frisky plant doing quality control. You know, we blame Gordon for getting this show off the rails, but this is egregious. <laughs> I hate my job. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Uh, eat cat food all day. It's rough. Oh, man. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell. All right, your bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Uh, jazz coming off a tough loss Saturday night to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Here's Coach Quinn Snyder on the problem with hesitancy to shoot. A lot of times for us, it's, you know, if we pass up a shot, you know, we pass up an opportunity to make a three, we drive into traffic. At that point, the percentages go way, way down, particularly for a team that shoots it as well as we do. And whether that's being prepared to shoot or, you know, the accuracy of a pass, hitting someone, you know, in a shooting pocket where they can get the shot, the pass is errant. You know, oftentimes you won't be able to get a shot, particularly if you've got six, eight closing out on you with the high hand. So it's a little bit of everything, but as much as anything, it's just got to continue to be a focus and We've got to continue to make it important and more and more important. Jazz still two games up in the Western Conference, not only on the Phoenix Suns, but also on the L.A. Clippers, although the Clippers have uh, are one additional game back in the loss column, so not technically tied, I suppose. But, of course, the Jazz have a showdown with the Suns coming up Friday night. But tonight, rematch against the Timberwolves, this time in Minneapolis. Tip-off will be a little after 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at about 20 minutes at 5. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm a little overweight. 
show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon off on vacation. Uh, he'll be back next week, next Tuesday, uh, I think. Jazz pregame coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll have the Not Sports Report right around the corner. Uh, we were talking about uh, Austin and I were talking off the air about uh, the game Saturday against uh, Minnesota. And um, Royce O'Neal had one of the worst misses I can remember. And I don't bring this up to be mean because obviously, you know, Royce is a fine shooter and has made plenty of shots this year. But, I mean, about three minutes to go. Couldn't have been a more critical shot. Royce had an open three in the corner, and he must have missed it by, like, Eight feet to the left. <laughs> and not eight, not a Rudiger bear and then some. Didn't he overshoot it by it about by about fifteen feet? Wide left. It was, it was Scott Norwood. So we were, you know, kind of joking about this, but what happened there? Because that's not that's not Royce. Did he get stung by a bee or something? Like just as he's shooting, as he's shooting, like wow, wasp got me. That that uh, bean burrito belch came at the wrong time. Right, there had to be something. It was way left. Way left. I know, it I landed in it. the middle of the key. <laughs> I think everybody else was surprised, too. And it just poor Royce, because he's had his shooting woes. Right, right. To the point where he passes up shots like you just like heard Coach Quinn's was talk in the, in the update. And for the, for anyone on the team to miss a shot that badly, he's probably the last person right now you'd want to miss a shot that badly. Right. That's for the why, mental side That's why I'm saying there had to be something else there. Did somebody get him with the the laser pen in the crowd or something <laughs> like that? I don't I don't know. That was that was a rough shot for our guy uh Royce. There. The the ribbon lighting around the arena went the wrong color something. all of a sudden. It had to be it had to be something. I mean, cuz that was one of the more uh uh bad misses I think that I've that I've seen. It was it was I felt for him actually. It was that was one of those where you put your hand on your forehead and go, "Oh no." Oh no, Royce! Do you ever have those uh, muscle spasms when you're in your legs or whatever when you're trying to sleep or just sitting there and all of a sudden your leg just yeah. just jumps, just yeah. like it's been shocked? Right. Maybe uh, it was one of those. I get I get the uh, the phantom ring, like where I feel like my phone's vibrating in my pocket. Uh huh. Oh, I and it's that. not. Yeah. No. And then I feel like I'm losing my mind. Yep. I've been there. You think he had his cell phone a phantom vibrate as he's shooting the ball? I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, you know, Royce is a good shooter. That's not. That's it not looked similar. like halfway up, he thought, "Well, maybe I'll shoot this left-handed." Yeah, just try it. <laughs> like halfway through the motion. Now seems like a good time in the game to experiment. <laughs> Let's go ahead and and work. It that was out. a bad miss. You know, there there were, I guess, to to salvage a productive conversation here. There there were a lot of things that were weird about that game Saturday that came together and led to a loss. Now, I'm not excusing anything because it's all self-inflicted stuff. I mean, those turnovers and the lack of focus and all those things that uh, that we've been talking about today that I expect to be much better tonight against Minnesota. I, I think the Jazz come away with a win. I think you'll see everybody, for the most part, play better. I, I particularly want to see Rudy have a good offensive game tonight, make him pay for uh, Carl Anthony Towns' softness as a defensive player. And, you know, Joe Ingles didn't uh, have his typical night, one of six from a guy who's shooting 50% from three. I expect him to play a lot better. I, I think, you know, the Jazz had some stuff working against them, self-inflicted and otherwise Saturday that doesn't happen tonight. I expect a, a better performance out of everybody and a win. How much do you change, if you're Coach Snyder and the coaching staff, how much do you change your approach tonight versus what you'd started on Saturday? Because they started the game ridiculously well. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know because this comes do you back. Throw to, it all out and do something different, or do you say, "Well, let's try this again"? Well, I think they need to do something different uh, on the offensive attack. <clears throat> Make them pay a little bit more for that pressure defense. Figure out a way to to combat that because it was really effective. You know, like uh, I know uh, Mannix when we had him had him on uh, earlier in the hour, kind of laughed when I when I asked him how. Minnesota was not better. But the truth is, the two times we've seen the Timberwolves, you'd think they were the best defensive team in the league. You really would. I mean, they had a great scheme against the Jazz on Saturday that was extremely effective. And I don't know yeah. I don't know how that team is on paper the worst defensive team in the league or close to it. I don't get that. They are the Jazz's uh, offensive kryptonite. Apparently. Uh, out of all the teams in the NBA because – it's it's not anything like that against anyone else they play. Yep. Uh, by the way, Sven uh, tweets in and says, I think the AC kicked on in section Q and blew Royce's <laughs> shot to the left. <laughs> Come up to section Q. It's cold. Always cold in section. We'll bring a coat for you. All right, coming up next, Not Sports Port, Jazz Game Night pregame show, the top of the 5 o'clock hour, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. If you want to be cold, come to Section Q because it's colder up there than it was at any football game <laughs> this year. You're right underneath a vent or something up there. Huh? They open up the doors, it blows in on you. <laughs> Love that. All right, uh, it is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game as announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you'll win his own prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers only here on the Zone Sports Network. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out. LHM usedcars.com get this uh, Austin you'll you'll like this story I think well maybe not like this this story might frustrate you uh, uh, Dateline Norman Oklahoma <clears throat> a uh, gal by the name of Karen McBride uh, recently got married and uh, was changing her name officially to be her married name and so she got on contact with uh, the state government there of Oklahoma and they informed her that she was wanted, Austin, a wanted criminal, I guess. She was wanted for felony embezzlement. The bride? The bride, who's just trying to change her name. So she contacts the state <laughs> government and says, I want to change my name. And they say, oh, by the way, ma'am, uh, did you know you're wanted for felony embezzlement? And she said she had no idea. Here's, a, here's a thought, lady. Don't go to the government to change your name if you're wanted for embezzlement. Ah, but here's the here's the rub here. She oh, no. did not know that she was wanted for felony embezzlement. In fact, it goes all the way back to the year 2000. And you know why she's wanted for felony embezzlement? Because she embezzled? She did not return a VHS copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch to a store in Norman, Oklahoma. No. So that's she, not embezzlement. She or somebody in her household rented Sabrina the Teenage Witch, did not return it, and uh, now she's wanted for felony embezzlement. Now get this, and this really sucks. Uh, McBride says over the last twenty years she's been let go from several jobs without being given a reason wow. why. Wow! And now it all makes some sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> the district attorney's office announced that it uh, is decided to dismiss the case. Oh, so, good. No. Can you imagine <laughs> getting fired? Be like, what are you what in I, for? What did I do? Felony embezzlement. Sitting at Sing Sing. What are you in for? Uh, murder? Uh, uh, grand theft? What about you? I didn't return Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Episode 6, Season 3. And I know that uh, this generation of, of young people are not going to grow up with the whole video store thing. But as crazy as they were about fines and return, you remember that? I mean, they'd ruin your future yes. if you were two weeks late returning whatever. You get sent to collections. Right. Because you held on to Top Gun for three extra days. <laughs> Forgot to return Lethal Weapon 2, <laughs> and now I can't buy a house. My kid, I'll never, I'll never, I'll rent the rest of my life because of Mel Gibson. Thanks a lot, Mel. Because <laughs> it got stuck between the couch cushions, and I couldn't find it. See, that was the most brilliant thing that, that like, Redbox put the, the finishing touches on video rental stores, right? You know, the whole Redbox thing, which was started by McDonald's, I believe, of all things. But uh, the most brilliant thing they came up with is, uh, we're just going to automatically charge your card for every day that it's late, and if you keep it for two weeks, you bought it. And the good news for you is you bought it for like 50 bucks. But at least I don't have collections coming after me for some terrible movie that I was too lazy to return. It says here your credit is 16. Uh, so, what? So I rented a terrible movie back in 2000. How is it? How, how is she going to how if they were holding her to this? She couldn't like pay Blockbuster now. They've, they're gone. I don't know. She would have to go to prison. I guess. Unbelievable. <laughs> but how about that? Well, I've been fired from several jobs unexplained, unexplicably over the last 20 years. There's a great, not a great, but a fun documentary on Netflix right now about the demise of Blockbuster. And it focuses on the last standing Blockbuster. Isn't in, it in uh, Alaska or something? No, that one went under. Oh, did it? Bend, Oregon was still holding on. That's till, it, huh? Yep. Wow. Uh, it's fun. You should check it out. Hollywood video used to be a thing. <laughs> I, I won't say my wife, but my wife worked at Hollywood Video when she was a teenager. And we have several videos at our house that say Hollywood, Hollywood Video, video on them. On yeah. Yeah. Perks. So yeah. she's wanted for embezzlement, yeah. apparently. All right, coming up next, Jazz Game Night pregame show. Tim Lacombe in the house. We'll get you ready for the Jazz and the Wolves. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I hate goodbyes. This thing! That'll do, Pink. That'll do.